Next Sunday, going to be at our new facility. You'll hear a lot more about that today. But how many of you guys are just pumped about the fact that we're getting out of this? Woo! Yeah. I know there's one guy in the room that's super pumped because that's what he likes to say all the time. So he's super pumped. The rest of us are just pumped. <laughs> hey, uh, Ben and I have uh, been doing a lot over the last few months. And one of the things we've been doing is reflecting some. So we thought it would be appropriate today to reflect with you guys a little bit about all that God has done in our church over the last eight years while we've been a mobile church, much longer than we maybe would have originally planned to be, but probably about the exact amount of time that God wanted us to be a mobile church. That's usually the way it works, Greg. We, we set our plans, but the Bible says God directs our steps. So we tried to be faithful. I thought we'd be a year or two maybe. Right. It turns out it's eight years, right. but it's exactly what God wanted. Yeah. I was wondering for a while if it was going to be 40, like the children of Israel, but <laughs> it, it feels wasn't. like 40. I was thinking uh, <laughs> sometimes more. Um, Ben and I were chatting yesterday as we were working at the new facility and thinking a lot this week about really one of the first things that happened as we became a church. Myself, Ben, um, Ryan Hartsock, who's still part of our church, he attends here. Uh, a guy named Andy Ryder, who was our first worship pastor here at Four Corners, was here for three years, three and a half years. And then another guy named Mark Killing. We sat around Ben's kitchen table for literally months, over nine years ago, praying, dreaming, planning, talking, laughing about what God might do through five normal guys who wanted to commit their heart, lives, and souls to doing ministry here. And it wasn't long after some of those planning sessions uh, happened that it dawned on us that we needed a place to meet uh, as a church. <laughs> yeah, we've been making all these plans, talking about what we're going to talk about, who might come. And honestly, we hadn't given a whole lot of thought as to where we were going to meet. Yeah, we figured something would turn up. And so about, I don't know, six months into planning, we were driving around Westchester like we did most every free chance we got, looking at what spaces might be able to hold 100, 150 people or so. And th this rave theater had just been built maybe nine months, a year yeah. before that. And it was the coolest facility in all of Westchester. Streets of Westchester were developing it. Westchester was getting put on the map. There were articles about it in the choir. So we thought, wouldn't it be cool, because we were cool then, uh, if we could meet in the <laughs> rave theater? And so we all came to a movie together and um, kind of did a scouting of the theater. And we calculated some prices in our mind of what we thought the rave would probably cost. We counted seats and Figured what they'd probably charge per seat to rent it on a Sunday. 100, 150 bucks, 200 bucks. Yeah, we thought that sounded about appropriate if we were going <laughs> to sign a contract and everything. Right. And uh, so we gave them a call in Houston, Texas, and got the numbers back, and it was nowhere near that price. Greg, it was um, a bajillion dollars. It was a, a week. <laughs> it was a it lot might, more. It might as well have been because we had only a handful of folks at the time. We weren't even really taking offerings because we weren't a church yet. No. And uh, it was just astronomically huge. Yeah, so we, we decided, even though it was huge, we'd go for it. Uh, we <laughs> prayed about it, and we figured if Ben would be willing to put his house uh, up for a second mortgage, we could do it. And so They're laughing, but that's exactly the conversation right. we had. <laughs> and so we figured if we got in a pinch, worst case, Ben could pay for it all, and we'd all go back and work our other jobs that we had. <laughs> so I remember we held a, a, a little meeting here with uh, the five of us, a few of our key leaders, and we walked around, and we came in this room. We knew that this room was going to be the room where we would have our very first service. And I remember you and I, uh, Andy and Ryan and Mark, all walked down here where we would be presenting the gospel. We'd be leading uh, people in worship, uh, sharing funny videos, and, uh, and really just trying to have a church where people could come as they were, be accepted and loved exactly where they were at, whether they were 
felt they were very close to Jesus or whether they wanted to have nothing to do with Jesus. And we would create a, a place where you could be real. Yeah. Uh, over the years, that's translated into what is now our slogan, Real Love Now, the very first part of that. But where you could come to have a real worship experience and uh, a God would show up and, and change yeah. lives. But besides all that cool spiritual stuff, we were standing out here and thought, man, we are short. Because the stage wasn't here. Right. And you and I especially, being the shortest of the crew, I remember looking up and these, this front row of seats were nearly as tall as we are. And it just felt like, man, everyone was so far away. So right. we decided that morning. We need a stage. Yeah, we're going to have to get a stage. Well, and I thought they'd cost about 150 bucks. Right. Every, so there's a theme here. Everything we wanted to buy, Ben was like, ah, it's 100 bucks. And nothing was 100 no. bucks. Um, so we decided to order a stage. I remember we called up a staging company. We got it ordered. And it started shipping down here. And I got a call from the freight line, yeah. which was weird. I've never taken a call from a freight line company. I didn't even know what that was. And they're like, hey, we got your stage. Uh, we're going to deliver it. Um, but it, do you have a dock? Um, no. A loading dock. Yeah, we, no. don't, we were in Ben's houses, our offices. We, there's no loading dock <laughs> at that place. And so we put our heads together, and I said, let me call you back. So we, we thought, well, we'll have them deliver it at the rave. They have a dock. We didn't tell them that we were going to do that. So uh, I think it was the next morning, the, the truck shows up at the rave. And we are pumped. Oh, we're super pumped <laughs> at that point. <laughs> and we... Uh, the guy's like, hey, I'm here. So we drive over. Ben's house is only a mile, a mile or two from here. We get here, and uh, the guy opens the back of the truck, and here's this massive stage that's on skids, which I also had no idea what a skid was. It, it's funny because here, I mean, we are like jumping around, high-fiving. It's here. We're rolling. This thing's happening. We're, oh, yeah. He opens the door, and it's like, oh. And the guy. How are we going to get that out? Yeah, the guy's like, well, go get your forklift. <laughs> We didn't have one. Then he said, go get your, if you guys have a hand cart, right? No. No. We don't. No. And so he was mad. Uh, and over the next couple hours, he and the five of us uh, uncrated the stage and carried it off the truck piece, piece by, by piece. piece. And uh, we got a couple invites in it, and it turns out he lived in the area. Yeah. And he ended up coming and visiting our church a couple of times. He didn't like it, but he came at least. Yeah. It's a little loud for him. <laughs> it was a little loud for him. One of our, my, my very first memories of our church was that how that we wanted to get together and we wanted to create this environment uh, where you could be yourselves and, and experience God at your own pace and follow his plan for your life at a pace that worked well for you, that was very individualized. And yet it dawned on us very quickly that there was a lot to do to make that happen. It wasn't just good hearts that makes good church happen. It takes a lot of hard work and a lot of planning and a lot of prep and a lot of sweat blood and tears to make this thing happen. Greg, all the stuff that God has done through history has worked the same way. It does, of course, take good hearts and prayer and a lot of hope. And maybe, um, if you'll allow this, a certain naivete, just to believe that if God said do it, it's going to work. But on top of that, it takes planning and effort and strategy. And those gifts and skills really are what take a good-hearted group of people, and God does something excellent with that. Yeah. Um, we, we stood in that story on the place that we largely stand today, right on the brink of an amazing transition. It's like a story in your Bible, in the book of Joshua, where Joshua has taken over the leadership of the children of Israel, and they're right now on the brink of readying to, readying to go fight the battle of Jericho. You may remember the song, Elvis made it fa famous, Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, marched around multiple times. No one that? remembers the song. Yeah. <laughs> They it's remember the, wrong... the story, but not the Yeah, story. all right, gotcha, okay. Um, yeah, I guess Elvis, it kind of dates me a little yes, bit, doesn't it? it does. uh, we were listening to it on cassettes. Uh, anyway. Maybe even 8-track. 8-track. <laughs> anyway, um, the night before 
Joshua's feeling kind of pensive. He's, he's, he's wondering what, what it's going to look like. He has the promise of God, but Jericho is strong. This is a new thing for them. And so he's walking around, kind of praying, meditating, thinking. And he comes upon a man. And instantly it hits him. This is no ordinary man. The man is decked out in military garb. And the Bible reveals in the story in Joshua chapter 5 that it is the head of the armies of the Lord. This is an angel. And this is no ordinary meeting. And so Joshua, in Joshua chapter 5 verse 13, behind me on the screen, here's what it says. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in hand. Getting ready to go to battle. This is battle imagery. It's a big deal. And Joshua went up to him and he said, are you for us or are you for our enemies? And the angel replied, neither. Now, this is an unexpected answer. Because what Joshua believed would happen is, is that if he was following God, then God would look at him or God's messenger would look at him and say, hey, we're for you. We're going to kill those enemies. But something profound was about to take place here. And Joshua was going to learn a big lesson, a lesson that we've had to be reminded of over and over again, and a lesson that I wanted to give us right here on the brink of this amazing transition this amazing open door. The head of the angel armies says to Joshua, I'm not for you or against you. I'm not for your enemies or against your enemies. Neither, he said. You would have expected him to have said, I'm with you. But verse 14, here's what it says. Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And then Joshua does and illustrates the lesson that I just want to put in your brain as we step through this open door. But Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence, and he asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Joshua had to learn an important lesson of spiritual maturity. That it's less about asking God, Are you on my side? Or are you on somebody else's side? And it's much more about asking yourself, are you on God's side? See, we've been talking about future families for weeks now. And, and I bet as we've done that, some of you have gotten stirred to think about what your family could be and do. And that's exactly what we prayed would happen. And, and, and I bet for some of us, it certainly happened with me, that I thought about different dynamics going on in my family, my extended family. And I thought about, man, God, if, if that person would just listen to you, God, I hope I'm, I'm going to send them a copy of this message because it's just for them. If this transition would just change, God, if you just open this door, if you could soften that heart, then everything would be fine. And, and, and you know what? Maybe, maybe that's the key you need. But there is a more important, a higher priority, a bigger lesson that God's trying to get through to all of us in our future family series and in our church right now on the brink of this transition. And that is this. Whose side are you on? Instead of always asking God, God, are you with me in this? Asking yourself, looking in the mirror, being honest and saying, sincerely, am I on God's side? Right, let's forget all the details and everybody else and all the circumstances I want changed and all the things I need God to do for me. Just me and God doing some business now. Am I on God's side? And Joshua falls on his face and he says, I'm ready to be quiet what does the Lord want to speak to his, did you catch this word? His servant. What does the Lord want to speak to his servant? We did all we could to make this church happen and to, to launch large. But 
the thing that really catapulted us is we had and we still have a hunger to simply do what God wants us to do. God calls churches to present the gospel in engaging and meaningful. We believe in fun ways. But at the end of the day, it's his church. At the end of the day, it's his family. At the end of the day, they're his kids. (laughs) And it really matters if we're on his side or not. That's the issue. Whose side are you on, angels? I'm not on yours. I'm not on hers. I'm not on his. The question is, is whose side are you on? And that's what I thought that God wanted to remind us about as we branch out into this new horizon. Four Corners, are you still with me? Are you still burning for the passion I put in your heart to reach your neighbors with the message of truth and love that is Jesus? Will you be uncompromisingly welcoming and loving, and will you be uncompromisingly gospel and Bible-centered? Because if you are, yeah. Because yeah. if you are, we're good. And if not, you better move over to God's side, because it doesn't go good if you're on the wrong side, always begging him to come to you. Greg, there's a lot of amazing, exciting things that are going to happen. Yeah, and we wanted to make sure that as we get ready to enter the new building, that we reminded ourselves, that the staff was reminded, and that you all were reminded really what it's all about. And it's not about the building. It's simple to say that. Now, it's something you have to say, whether you're about the building or not. Right. Um, but we wanted to make sure that you knew that we weren't just about the building. We're excited. We love it. We've worked our tails off to make it happen. And yet, that's not what it's all about. If God wanted us to do mobile church from now until the day we died, we'd do that. Thank you, Jesus, that he doesn't. Yeah, thank God. Amen. Thank God. But Greg, it's a lot like this stage. It's a tool. It's a tool. That we use to catapult the message, to highlight Jesus. Now, it's an amazing tool. And we're going to talk about it here in a second and some of the things we all need to know and what's going to make it awesome for you to invite your friends. But at the end of the day, it's a tool. Yeah. And the reminder is a good one. I remember the first time, uh, this was funny, that, um, <laughs> that we were reminded what it was all about. It was the second time we came into the rave. We'd come here, we'd secured it with our group of five and a few of our key leaders. And then we thought, well, we have this group of people that meets every Sunday night that's planning on doing this church. And we thought we'd come out together and have a little service here, kind of talk through the way things were going to work. So we came out, I don't know, 40 of us or something like that. And um, Ben shared an inspirational word. Andy Ryder played a couple songs on his acoustic, and we all sang. And then we kind of opened it up to the audience. I don't know where you're going, and I don't think I like it. I'm telling on you. We opened up to the audience just for comments. You know, what are you, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? How excited are you? And I remember one lady, um, I won't share her name because it might be embarrassing to her, but she's great. She's still at this church. She was on our board for a good long time, so I've halfway outed her. Um, <laughs> she, she said, and probably one of those truest things that have ever been said, uh, Ben, one of the things that struck me as we sat here and, and did church in this theater is that God's here. She said, and for me, I can, I can really sense the Holy Spirit's presence yeah. in this room. Was, she was making the point that it's a theater, they show all kinds of stuff that maybe or maybe doesn't line up with our theology, but when we come here, it's a place where God meets. Yeah, it was, you know, it was her way of sharing what was on her heart and just her way of telling the crowd, look, this is what it's all about. It's not about cool church and a cool theater. It's about God. Well, Ben is a terrific leader, and um, what you said next was probably one of the funniest, weirdest things I've ever heard in the history of our church. <laughs> But the, the movie Spider-Man had just been released when it was out, and it was everywhere. Spider-Man was everywhere, the poster. And so Ben, instead of saying, yeah, uh, I, you know, I'm, 
I'm with you. I can feel it. Uh, God's here. He said, well, you know, it might just be Spider-Man. He's everywhere these days. And so <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I just wanted to tell on you. We're brothers. <laughs> We're going to miss doing movie or doing church in a movie theater. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a good it's been a good run for us. It has. It's been amazing. Um, we, we've had interesting dynamic here in the facility, interesting dynamic in dealing with various managers. And thank God this round he's given us an incredible team. To, to work with, yeah. but uh, we've been jostled around a bit, uh, four or five different locations, yeah. feeling somewhat dis- di- displaced. And here's the thing that breaks a pastor's heart is people connect with, uh, with the church. Their identity is largely connected geographically. And so as we would move, various people would offboard, various people would come back on board. Yeah. Every time we m- would move locations, we would lose about 20% of the crowd, almost uh, 20% on the head. I mean, yeah. every time we moved, it was 20%. So this last move, we knew that was going to happen again. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's heartbreaking because you build this momentum, you get this thing, and then people use transitions as a time to, you know, to, to make a person, yeah. personal transition. And so we're just glad to really kind of put down permanent roots. And yeah. uh, I'd like to apologize for any comments about Spider-Man. That, that <laughs> now, eight years later. <laughs> well, we wanted to share with you what was our hearts and just remind you in the short story that Ben shared from the Bible, what we're all about, what our church is going to continue to be all about, whether we have it here at our new facility or maybe somewhere else in the future. Yeah. Hopefully not, but maybe, maybe so. We're always going to be about the gospel. We're always going to be about real worship. We're always going to be about inviting our friends and neighbors to experience what God yeah. has for them. And we didn't want to forget that. And we wanted to reminisce a little bit with you about some neat things that have happened along the way. But more than that, we wanted to call up the rest of the staff in just a minute and have them share with you what they're excited about as we get ready to go into this new facility. Um, what they see as the most exciting things, what they want you to know before we get there for the ministries they lead. So I'm going to invite them to come up right now. Um, I'll introduce them as they're getting ready. We have uh, Pastor Nate, who you guys know, he helped do the welcome here. He's the giant on the stage. He, would, <laughs> he doesn't need a stage. Uh, We'd have Pastor saved a lot of money if he'd have been on staff early on. Yeah, when no he doubt. Stage. Pastor Nate leads um, family ministries. So from the time your kid's born, if you go to this church, until uh, they basically get out of college, I guess, mm-hmm. Pastor Nate leads all of those ministries with what is the biggest team in all of the church. It's a gigantic team of people that help make all of those little ministries within family ministries happen. And then Pastor Will, as you guys know, is our uh, stud rock star worship leader. <laughs> I love this guy. Yeah. We hired him because he's pretty. Yes. I mean, I'm not throwing anyone under the bus, but look at the rest of us. So it became obvious to us that the pretty factor had to go up. You guys, what I love about Pastor Will is, and you guys see this every week, uh, this guy loves to worship God. He loves God. Uh, He he lives that out in his life in a way that I would have never done at his age and uh, he leads us into the presence of God every single Sunday morning and gets this band ready every single Sunday morning and uh, I can't say enough good things about this guy and then there's Matt uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a setup. Uh, Matt's been with us now I guess getting close to a couple years I don't know something like that Matt leads um, outreach around here um, the food drive that we just completed this week with the green bags all those things uh, all the outreach to the Smoky Mountain uh, Children's Home, all that stuff, Matt leads that. And then also small groups, which is one of the most important ministries we do around here. We have about, I don't know, 60, 70% participation in our small groups. Pastor Matt leads all of those teams and just an incredible 
a guy with a heart for the Lord. And again, we wanted to get these guys up here to share with you um, what they're excited about. So, Nate, let's just start with you. Yeah. Um, the, the ministry you lead probably impacts more people here than any other ministry that we have. I know for me, we have three kids, Amy and I, and uh, you have to do a good job or you won't have a job. Right. And um, tell us just it's from your perspective. Yeah, that wasn't a joke. <laughs> Suzanne. <laughs> Pack it up, Suzanne. Right. Now, tell us what you're excited about. We've been talking about this as a staff, but I wanted people to see your heart for what God's doing in our church and in, in this new facility. Yeah, I, I'm excited just simply for the fact that we're going to have a permanent location, and we're going to be able to relationally not only pour into the children of this church, or the students of this church, but into the families of this church like we never have before. We've always, uh, I guess, put in the forefront of our mind that partnering with parents is exactly what we want to do, and I think that it is. But because of our location and our mobility, it's been hard to do that, in my opinion, effectively. We, we very rarely get an opportunity to be in front of you, and you very rarely get an opportunity to meet your children's small group leaders who are creating relationships and building into them every Sunday morning, whether they're just six weeks old being held or whether they're a fourth grader who's bouncing off the wall and just wanting candy. I mean, yeah. you very rarely get an opportunity to talk with them. Well, at our new facility, one of the things I'm most excited about is the fact that during our check-in and check-out process, you're going to have the opportunity to communicate face-to-face -face with the people who are investing spiritually into the lives of your children on a Sunday morning. Yeah, that's just one of the products of being a mobile church. And when we get here, a, a large group of people get here at 7 o'clock every single Sunday. We do our huddles. We pray. We do some training. And when we set up uh, for, for everyone who's coming and for all the kids that are going to show up, and that takes us right up to check-in time. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty complicated process. And then afterwards, as you know, because you're checking your kids out and seeing all the hustle bustle in the hallways, we've got to clean this place up because movies are starting sometimes, you know, at 12:10 like they are in this room today, yeah. right on the heels of us getting out of here. And so, one of the things that is our heartbeat about the way we do family ministries is partnering with parents, letting you and I work together to help bring your kids up and yeah. know things about God and experience God and learn the truths that you're trying to teach them. Mm -hmm. And we want you to know those leaders. We don't just want you to hear the feedback from your kids about how much they love being at church that day. We want you to get to know the leaders. And being mobile hasn't allowed for a lot of that. No, and not having a place to meet through the week where all of you could come and maybe be in a meeting doesn't allow for that being mobile. And one of the things the new building is going to do for us, like Nate said, is we'll be able to do some of the stuff that really is our heart. Mm -hmm. And so our actions now will be able to follow what our heart already is. Yeah. yeah. So, Nate, on a, on a kind of a, a personal note, um, for you also. Tell us, talk to us about student ministries. Right now, student ministries, um, which is everyone in 7th through 12th grade, we call it the well. You guys get together three or four times out of the month. You, you go together in small groups mm -hmm. based on gender and age. And uh, if you know, because you have a kid in that ministry, you, you might drive anywhere in the tri-state area yep. to take your kid to a small group, yep. which, which is okay. Again, we're mobile. We don't have a facility. That's what you do. And then once a month, you get together for a big event, and it's spectacular. There's terrific music. You preach from God's word. You guys have a lot of fun. And yet, it's at a facility that's over, you know, a few miles from here, kind of outside of our geographical pocket that we service most of the yeah. time. So what are you excited about for the well? I, for the well, I'm excited to be able to bring the small groups back into our church. There are many parents that I talk to that say, man, I really would love for my kids to be involved, but I've got a 7th grader, a ninth grader, and a 12th grader. How am I supposed to get my kids, like, four or five different places and then pick them all up? 
Um, so we're going to bring all the small groups back into our, our facility. And not only am I excited for that, but it's a secure environment that they can be in. We're not worried about them hanging out at a coffee house or hanging out somewhere else where we can't kind of monitor the security and safety of that facility. It also gives parents of students the opportunity to relationally connect with the small group leaders who your kids probably talk about a ton. And those small group leaders, if you would hear them talk about your children, yeah. you would be amazed at the hearts that these leaders have for your kids. They think of your kids as their kids, and so a lot of times I'm saying to them, hey, you do realize you're not their mom, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so this would be a great opportunity for you guys to get face-to-face -face with, with each other on a Tuesday night, and you can say, hey, you know, my student is struggling with this, and I don't even know what to say. And that small group leader, relationally, is going to be able to then take your cue and build into and have a conversation with your child. And then after, when you come to pick your child up, that small group leader can then cue you back and say, hey, heads up, I talked to her, this is what I said, it's in your court, hit the home run, which is what we're all about. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, just to piggyback off yeah. of that, if you have a kid in 7th through 12th grade and they're not involved in student ministry, well, this is the perfect time to get them yeah. involved because it's a transition point. Mm -hmm. So that's it's right. an easy onboarding opportunity. Mm -hmm. Everybody's going to feel somewhat new. So right. like if you have a kid that's like, I don't want to be new, they're already got, the routines are set, no, not anymore. Right. It, this is good for the entire church. Everything is new. Everybody gets to come and be a part of the same kind of jumble until we all, you know, refigure our places. So it's yep. got a great time to onboard. Yeah. It, cool story. Just to maybe bribe you a little bit. This uh, holiday season, my parents came up and um, my sister spent the holidays with Ben and I. And one of the things, my son Grayson, who is, I don't know, he's 12 or 13. I don't, don't know how old he is. He's old enough to be in the well. Wow. Um, future family friend. That's future family. <laughs> he's in eighth grade. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, the leader knows that. Anyhow, as uh, soon as my parents got there, we're sitting on the couch talking about stuff. And one of the things he wanted to show my parents was this football that his small group leader had gotten him uh, for his birthday. Uh, it was cool because it had the signature of all the Bengals on it, which mm -hmm. is amazing. I don't even know how the guy got it. But those are the kinds of things and relationships that happen in these small groups, and they're spectacular. They really are the backbone of what we do in student ministries. Yeah. And you're, my kids need that, and we got yeah. a pretty good family. Um, they need it. Your kids need it too, no matter how dysfunctional or functional your family is. Yeah. It's a great place for your kids to get plugged in and yeah. grow closer to God. Well, uh, we'll just go linear. Um, you're our worship pastor, and uh, we absolutely love you. Um, tell us what you personally are most excited about. We're going to be going to a new facility, a uh, cool auditorium. It won't be our final auditorium. The phase one auditorium is kind of our temporary one. But tell us what you are excited about as we get ready to move. Yeah, as a worship team, uh, honestly, even though it's very simple, we are most excited about having our own church home. Um, every, single, every single Sunday, we come at 7 a.m. along with the tech team. We make this happen, and we love doing it. You know, we're ready to have a place where we rehearse on Thursday night, and we're in the same location on Sunday morning. Mm. And um, That affects know, quality, right? Right, it does, it does. And uh, we believe that uh, we're, what we want to do, at least, is to engage real people in real worship. And that's, honestly, that's all we're about. And uh, with the ability to have our own spot, our own location, we're going to be able to um, it, make the sound of the music better, uh, better quality. I know, I know we, probably, we probably need that a little bit more, uh, but um, it's going to make it better there in a lot, of different, a lot of different areas, and that's what we're most excited about. Um, the second thing is... Let me stop uh, you right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. You guys, I know you appreciate the band because we get your comments all the time. Uh, they're spectacular. 
you should appreciate them more because every Sunday they get here at 7, like Will said, and they don't wait for the tech team to get all this ready for them. They jump in and help. They yeah. carry these stages. They set them up uh, with their cold fingers. They set up all their own equipment. They run all their own cables. I mean, the tech team's helping, but these guys and ladies, yeah. uh, even the ladies, even when they're pregnant, uh, they work hard <laughs> every Sunday morning. I was just thinking about, I was thinking about oh Jen, Jen who led the one song uh, today. I remember when she was pregnant and she's, you know, carrying equipment in. These guys is letting her do it. <laughs> the band works hard. And then afterwards they tear it all down and they stay till the last person's out and work really hard. And then in spite of all that, they provide a quality worship experience every they single do. Sunday where they lay their hearts out before God they for do. us to see. And then the other thing Will said, and I don't know if you caught this, I just want to say it one more time, not to be repetitive, but the band practices in a space where they don't perform. That's hard. It's not only hard for the band because it doesn't sound the same way. For a while, they were, you guys were practicing in a basement, in someone's basement. Um, but it's hard. And the sound guys, they don't get like a practice to get everything ready. I mean, the, the speakers that we use aren't here through the week. They get set up every single Sunday. Every cable that creates a sound is run every single Sunday and rolled up and put away every single Sunday. There's a lot that goes on. And in this new environment, that stuff will be set in place so that we can focus on maybe the final 5 or 10% of, of getting the yeah. quality out that you guys could do if you just had those things already in sync. Yeah, so what else were we going to say? Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Um, the, second, the second thing we're really mostly, an, uh, another area we're excited about is having the ability, in the Bible it talks a lot about um, not just worshiping on Sunday morning, not just having it being a one-time thing, but continually worshiping throughout the week in a lot of different areas. And one of the things we're very excited about is having a spot that we can come outside of Sunday mornings. Uh, we, we're looking forward to having worship concerts. In the, in the history of Four Corners, yeah. uh, we've had about three to four. You know, we're looking to have three to four a year where it's a dedicated time to have um, people within the congregation come out um, and engage in a service dedicated completely to worship. Yeah. And we're going to be able to do that um, with this new facility. And you know, we're very, very excited for yeah. that. Yeah, not only that, one of the things Will and I have been talking about is just something we've wanted to do really even before Will. But a lot of you play instruments or sing, and you're not going to be in the band. Maybe you can't be in the band because you just can't come out to the practices or maybe you just don't feel like you're good enough. You probably are, but you probably don't feel like you are. But we're going to have opportunities for yeah. things like small groups where we can get together and do music outside of what happens on a Sunday morning. Maybe get together with everyone that plays guitars and do some jam sessions and stuff like that. I'm going to try to do a little of that uh, with my bell. Yes. And so we might have a bell jam session. But Can he get a bell on stage yeah. for Christmas? Just, just all the opportunities that, that opens up for us to be able to do more of really what is your heart for God in this congregation, which is help us experience God through music and uh we're proud of you, bro. Matt, you lead uh, two ministries, one of which is the very first thing that people experience, first impressions. Uh, we call it guest services now, I think. Yeah. Um, but from the minute someone gets near our building until they sit down in, in the seats here or they get their kids over to the kids' ministry area, you're kind of responsible for that experience. Talk to me about what you're most ex excited about as it relates to guest services and what we can do in our new facility that we haven't been able to do where we're mobile. Yeah, I'm definitely most excited about the new lobby. Um, as you walk in and look around in the new building, outside of the amazing kids' spaces, it's very obvious that the place that we've given the most uh, space to is the lobby. And the lobby is a huge upgrade over anything that we've ever had before. If you were with us at Zion, you had a hallway, not really a lobby. Um, here, we have a massive hallway, but our time constraints are such that we don't really have time to 
to enjoy it as a lobby like we normally would. So I'm really excited about the lobby. Uh, in our kind of mission slogan of real love now, love is love others. We do a really good job of creating places where people can love others through small groups, through serving teams. Um, I'm looking forward to a place where we can intentionally have a lobby where people can build relationships, where they can say hi to people that they know, that they've rubbed shoulders with in a small group or that they serve with on their other Sundays, and a place where they can meet people that they haven't met before, greet them, have a place where they can grab a cup of coffee, and actually have the time and the space to create some relationships. Yeah. Uh, the Bible word for that is fellowship, and we do a good job of it for a mobile church. Uh, you know, I give us a, a solid A+. Plus. But you know how it is. I mean, it's, it's crazy here at Teardown Time. It was crazy at Zion Global because there was no room to meet, especially if the weather was bad or something like that, or you happened to be there in between services. I mean, it was just it was absolutely nuts. And this new facility, even in phase one, we have a lobby bigger than we've ever had before. And the, the dream, the goal is, if things go according to the, the plan we have, if it's God's plan, as Ben says, uh, the lobby will be even bigger as we continue to grow. Talk to us about small groups. Um, it's a big deal about what we do at Four Corners. Uh, tell us what's going to be different, how people should be excited uh, as they get ready to experience that in our new home. I think small groups are go- only going to continue to improve. Um, Opposite uh, kind of of what Nate does with students, we do small groups mostly in people's homes and in public places. And we think that that's a great way for people to get connected. But our new facility gives us other options available. So um, we've kicked around ideas of small groups so that you can check your kids into kids' ministry and possibly have a small group on a Sunday morning. It creates places where small groups can meet throughout the week if we need to. And it creates a place for some other ongoing classes that we do as well. That We can finally have a home that we can invite people to and say, come here be a part of what we're doing throughout the week as well as on Sunday morning. Yeah, those training and development sessions for both the leaders and for people who just want to grow in their faith. Once you got to 20 people, you couldn't do it in a home. Yeah. We can now offer quality programming for 75, 80, 100 people and really accelerate, I think, the, the discipleship factor in our church, and small groups is going to be a huge part of that. Yeah, yeah and then the other thing you lead, Matt, is outreach. Uh, ben and I were chatting just this past week, um, something I would thought about and share with my tech team huddle um, a couple Sundays ago is all the outreach that's happened in this facility. And if you've been around for a while, I just want to say thank you for your sacrifice that you've done. So just without, yeah, thank yeah. you. I'm going to give you more to clap about in a second. Uh, we were just going down a quick list of what we've done. You guys are, all of you are a little newer. You haven't been here through all of this, but you've probably heard the stories. Let me just run down the list. You kind of fill in some gaps. This won't be everything. But since we've been mobile in eight years, uh, this blows my mind. One of the very first outreaches I remember that sticks in my mind, there were probably a few before this, um, was when Hurricane Katrina hit. We were in this room the week that that happened, and we found out through Matthew 25 Ministries that there was a great need just for shoes. Yeah, people People were walking around without shoes. I mean, they lost everything they had. Their shoes that they were wearing were soaking wet. And I remember the Sunday, I remember it well because I had on a new pair of shoes, um, we decided, Ben decided it would be good if we all gave our shoes that Sunday, that we walked out of here barefoot and gave our shoes to Matthew 25. So literally, we had people come up, put their shoes in a bin by gender, maybe by size, I don't remember. They, they took a Sharpie, wrote them on a bag, size and gender, put them in a bag, and it, we were at like 90% participation rate. Yeah, kids and all. And we had, we probably sent 500, 400 to 500 pairs of shoes. At least. And one pair that was brand spanking new. Uh, <laughs> still miss them were they red saucings? Yeah. they weren't uh, to, to Matthew 25 ministry besides that we've done we built like four or 
four wells in Africa. Uh, yeah, it was um, four wells uh, in Uganda that we built new and three that rehab, rehab, so seven total. Seven wells for people that do not have drinking water in their villages, uh, or they had had, but their well doesn't work anymore. They would have to, like you see in the pictures and in, in the sad commercials, walk miles to get water, bring them back with pots on their heads for water to drink, to, to clean what in, was in cool their villages. Is, while we're dreaming about what are we going to do long term, and we know that it takes money, the church ponied up for that project $35,000, and then it was doubled by a private donor gift to 70000 and God just exponentially blessed it as we stepped up. I, I've never seen a church our size give that kind of money away in the middle of a significant need of our own. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another neat thing we did is we built a church. We built another church before we built our own church in, in India. Greg, we, we remember, you remember we prayed, and we really felt like this is one of those, if God says do it, you just try to do it. God would be honored if we'd build another church before we ever even took the first steps towards building our own. Just as a sign that this is our heart. God, we're not about building a kingdom to ourselves. It's about you. And so we, we, we blessed Pastor James John in India and sent him a buku bunch of money and built that church. Yeah, and then after that and following months and years, we, we added on. Actually, over there, besides the church, it started out as an orphanage for kids that were really disposed of by their parents. And, and this orphanage took them in. It's also a women's home for kind of abused and battered women, women who maybe don't have a, who are homeless. Uh, elderly women as uh, well. And so we, we expanded the orphanage. We built or expanded the women's wing. I don't even know what we did. We built them a baptismal. We added new roofs to the facility. We built them a road, uh, all kinds of stuff that we've done for that India church, Four Corners Church India. Uh, and when I say we, it's you guys that have done that. For two years straight, we did this thing called Washington Project where every single week, Groups of you went out into our local community and did outreaches, maybe to a nursing home and washed their windows or uh, to Ronald McDonald House and served breakfast to, to the people there. All kinds of things. Uh, there was, what was the, the, the boys' home or the home? Um, well, we did the Smoky Mountain Children's Home. Yeah. Uh, and then we went down and served them as well. So we gave them a bunch of money, one month's worth supply of food, $10,000. And then we went home and we served them and just remodeled significant parts of their facility. Um, we did that. We, we, we helped... Uh, set slave kids in Haiti free. That's right. Rest of Acts, one of our first major gifts, $10,000 towards the, the Rest of Act Freedom Foundation. Cool. And um, what, what's cool, Greg, the reason, I, can I, the reason I'm most excited about us is um, I think that God has honored along the way this, this giving of alms and helping people. In the, in the Bible, there's Cornelius, and he prayed. And, the, and then the Bible says that, Cornelius, your alms, your giving to the poor, and your prayers have come up before me. And, now, and then God says, I'm going to open a door for you. It's going to crazy bless you. That's the way I feel about this. We don't give to get. We, we give as a reflection of our hearts. And in the middle of all this crazy transition stuff, mobile church, this church has been generous and giving. And uh, that just blows me away. I, I think we haven't seen the best of our generosity yet. Right, and so while we come here and we do, we have terrific services on a Sunday, and the kids have great ministries that they're part of, and they have a lot of fun to learn about Jesus. Over eight years, man, we've done a lot for our local community and for really the entire world. I couldn't be prouder. Here, of, near, and far. Yeah, here, near, and far. I couldn't be prouder of this congregation for what we've been able to do by just collecting our resources together and making great impact for God's kingdom in this world. So, Matt, with all that said, don't let us down. Um, talk to us about outreach in this new facility and how it's going to be even better than it's been for the past eight years. Yeah, I'm excited for the new facility because it's a place where we can have as kind of a hub, a central location for all of our outreach services. We're smacked right in the middle of a lot of busyness in Westchester with 
all of the retail spaces and all of the communities that surround our new home. It gives us a much more visible place where we can invite people to us when we do out, outreach serves within our building and a place where we can mobilize to go out to our community a little bit easier and a little bit better than we had before. It's hard to try to mobilize and do all the prep work for a serve when we're mobile already. So when we have a new facility where we can do all the prep work throughout the week and our outreach team can be there serving throughout the week to get ready for a Sunday serve, uh, it goes a long way in making that serve even more impactful to our community. Yeah, so in the past we've given a lot of money and had other things happen. We've done some community outreach, but we're really looking forward to being able to do more because we'll have the space, the home base to organize and prep and prepare and then actually go out and not just give money, we'll continue to do that, and not just bring cans of food, everything, but actually go out and do more with our hands and our feet than we've been able to do in the past. So, Ben, you lead uh, everything uh, at Four Corners. Tell us, talk, talk to us. I'm not sure where he's going with this. I don't know whether to agree or not. You're very hesitant. I'm very hesitant. Talk, no, to, us, talk to us about you. I mean, you're, you're the leader here. Talk to us about what you're excited about for this new facility. You know, um, the, I... I have a tendency um, to, to tear up when I talk about this. Um, the, the cool thing about this room, like when I look out here, I know this is a place where people have met God. And um, that, that moves me. I know some of you, your lives have been changed, in part because this team and many of you were faithful, but mostly because Jesus used this to impact people's lives. I'm most excited about the holy ground being created there at Liberty Way. 7740 Service Center Drive. And when, when Joshua, the story that impacted me this week, when Joshua meets the angel army leader, the, the leader says, this is holy ground. He's just in the middle of the wilderness walking. But it was the place he met God. It was so holy that he couldn't even have shoes on. Nothing between him and the holiness. That's going to happen in our new place. People are going to meet God. Their eternities are going to be changed. Some of you sacrificed to give, and you gave abundantly above what you've ever done before. And you're not even going to know the names of the people whose eternity is going to be changed. But it's going to happen in greater numbers at greater level. I'm excited for the life change. We call it real love now, but I'm telling you, people are going to experience real love in that place. It's going to happen in the now for them, and it's going to impact their eternity and their lives. Families are going to be changed. Marriages are going to get changed. We're going to have a place to pray. Prayer's a big deal to me. You got, we're going to have a place to pray like we've not ever had before. And this value that we have is now going to have a home in a more... You can pray anywhere, but we're going to be able to gather together and pray like never before. I think, I think we've only just begun. And I don't mean that as a slogan. I am stoked for that. Yeah. I mean, we're going to do the Bible. That's, whether we're here or outside in my backyard, we're going to do the Bible. But we're going to have this place that will be holy because God will be there and people will open their hearts for him. And I'm just, I'm thrilled about it. Yeah, so we wanted you to hear and maybe get a little excited about what we're excited about, what's going to be happening there. And wanted you to hear that while we're all going to be super pumped about the new facility <laughs> and how great it looks and it, you know, it's going to get better every single week that we're there. We wanted to remind you it's not what it's about. It's about the things that we talked about. It's about the lives that are going to be changed forever, the, the souls, the people that are going to give their hearts to Jesus uh, every single week of that new facility. It's about the kids are going to be raised in a good church so that when they're 20 or 18 and go off to college and they get out of college, they don't dislike church so much that they decide they're going to take a decade off, that they're going to experience a quality, fun program where they're, 
taught about Jesus and they want to have a real relationship with him, knowing that they're imperfect. Mm -hmm. That's what we're going to have at that new facility, even better than we already have now. We're going to be able to worship even better than we currently do without distractions so that the band doesn't have 10% on their mind trying to get out of here in time so that the next movie can start and so they can practice in the place. Where so we're going to do first impressions and really focus on the guests that come and offer them warm coffee and maybe some sweet tea, I hear. I don't know if that's coming, but I think... I think, I think we're, I think we're, we're right there. We're getting close to some sweet very, tea. That's a very, pressure point. Yeah. <laughs> we can offer them a smile, and we're not having to worry about all the little setup and teardown pieces that First Impression has to do, and outreach can continue to go forward like it has, and small groups can get even better. We're just excited about how God's going to show up and how the same Holy Spirit presence that was here in that day when we met back when you made a, a fool of yourself, Ben, and, <laughs> and, and, and called it Spider-Man, that same Holy Spirit presence that's here every single Sunday when we show up, and I know it's here when we're not here, but it's going to be a 24-7, 365 reality for us for the very first time in our history. And uh, we couldn't be more excited about Absolutely. what God's going to do with our continued efforts and labor and, and the ability to do that and, and have a home for that all the time, not just one day a yeah. week. And um, just quite frankly, uh, you know, we're not done. Um, not only are we just doing phase one, we've got many more to go. But the next few weeks are going to stress you a bit. There's new parking places to find. There's new doors to enter, new patterns to check kids in. Some of your kids might feel a little dis displaced, and you might hear them say, I didn't have fun. I would just ask you parents to be cautious because if that's what they say, what they might really be saying is, it's new, tr change is tough, transitions take time, give it a few weeks. Uh, we're going in the second, next Sunday, to work out the kinks. It might be chaos. Please be patient. Please be patient. The sound, I can guarantee you, won't be right. Please be patient. In fact, all of you will have a formal way to communicate to us all the stuff you see. There will be cards in every spot for you to write down what you saw and heard. We want to hear everything that went wrong. We want to hear it all. We just want to hear it in an organized fashion. Please don't come up to the staff and say, here's the 10 things I saw. We want, for two reasons. One is that's demotivating. Secondly, um, we want to actually engage what needs to be adjusted. And the only way for us to do that is to capture it. So when you see something that's not right, a sign that's not clear, uh, a sound problem, write it down. We will go over those. And over the next six weeks, we plan on getting that place to about 90% complete. Uh, it's about 70% complete, just enough to get occupancy right. this week. Uh, we're going we're gonna to work out the kinks, figuring out how to check in kids and how we have a plan but we don't know how it's going to work in real time, so it's going to require some adjustment. Worship needs some adjustment, first impressions. But here's something we can do from week one. We can smile from week one. From week one, we can smile. The only people who should not be smiling at our church week one are our guests. Everybody, because here's what people will remember. It was a friendly place. My goodness, it was chaotic, but aren't they friendly? That's what I want them saying. Week one. Week two, I hope they say, looks like they're getting their act together. And aren't they friendly? When people experience our smiles, when we walk out of our seats to say hello to people, when we hold the door open, when we keep the glasses, first impression, and they're wiping the glass of the fingerprints and constantly keeping it clean and organized, when we do that stuff, we're saying we are creating a warm and welcoming place for you. And all of us can do that from week one. And the rest will work out over time. Be patient. Be friendly, and we'll make this transition just smooth. Yeah. So what we're going to do now is take some next bold steps. So if you pull out your Connect card, uh, Pastor Ben will lead us through that. You guys want to say how proud you are of this staff Woo! one time? Come on. Thank you.
Well, before we do connect cards, one more piece. I almost forgot. I want to I see. I think she should be in here, although I can't see anything. I'm blinded. Uh, Nancy, are you in the room, Nancy? Miss Nancy. Miss Nancy. Nancy. Yeah, she's right there, Greg. Hey, Nancy, come up here. I know you don't want to do this. So. Miss Nancy is the manager here at the Ray that's been our contact. And our relationship here has been dramatically better than ever before. Last time around, we got booted because of a manager. Today, we are almost sad to leave because of this lady. Would you say thank you to her? <laughs> Woo! When we decided to have church here at the Rave, you all know we started here. We took a few years off at some other locations. When we were trying to decide where we're going to go for our final uh, mobile place before we have our permanent home, the only thing keeping us from wanting to come back to the Rave was really our, the experience we had before. It wasn't horrible, but the management was really, I mean, they were difficult to work with. I hope none of them are still here. I don't know. Um, <laughs> But it was, I mean, honestly, it was hard. Every week it seemed like we did something wrong. We just couldn't keep anyone happy. And I, honestly, by the end of it, they just wanted us gone, and we wanted to be gone. Uh, this time, like Ben said, a complete polar opposite. Nancy's been amazing. She gets here every week and lets us in the doors um, at, at a time when, you know, most rave managers are still asleep because movies don't start at 7 a.m. And she drives a long way from Dayton or something like that. I mean, it's a long drive, so she's getting up way before anyone else. And uh, our time here has been spectacular. Through the week, if we need something, she, she works with us really well. I had the honor and the privilege of, of doing her wedding uh, just a few weeks ago with George, who's another manager here. And uh, Nancy, we love you. We are so happy you were here. We feel like God sent you here for us. Absolutely. Uh, maybe for other reasons, too, but we're pretty egocentric. And um, <laughs> this isn't, I know you already get paid by the rave. This isn't, a, a, you know, anything other than a thank you. We want to give you a check for $1,000 just to say thank you for being here for us and for making this easy for us. We love you so much. So use this however Woo! you want. Thank you. Thank you. All right, try to get Nancy to say something. She doesn't want to. She says thank you. Nancy, we appreciate you. I'll walk off with you. Let's go. So we think Jesus is a... Yeah, that's all right. That's awesome. We think Jesus is a big deal, and we'd like to give you a chance today to begin a relationship with him. It's called getting saved or beginning a new life or being born again, whatever you want to call it. We say you begin following Jesus. It's the primary way we talk about it. That's next step A on your Connect card. If you want to check the box, we'll send you some information about that. It is an important decision, but it doesn't have to be all that dramatic and emotional, although it will change your life. If you'd like to know about that, check the box. If you want to commit to that, we're going to pray about it in a second. And then next step B, if you'd like to get baptized, this really will be the first baptism in our new facility. You check the box and you go public with your faith and you say, I'm not ashamed to be with Jesus. Or, or next step C, let's get down to some brass tacks about our transition. I will invite one person to our grand opening on December 9th. Here's the way I've been doing it. Hey, we're opening a new church. I'd like for you to come on December 9th. They almost always say, I can't, because that's what people do. They always say no. Then I say, all right, the next step D, would you come for Christmas Eve Eve? So either one of those or check both of those. You have an opportunity to do the quick return when they say no. All right, a couple weeks later, Eve Eve, your kids will love it. We're going to be able to do that in our new facility. It's going to be fantastic. Three service times. We'll let you know about those next week. And the next step, E, you ready? I'll come to the new 4C with patience and a smile. Patience and a smile. Let's pray real quick, and then we're going to worship. Lord Jesus, you're amazing. God, I can't believe what you've done. And I'm so excited about what you're doing and will do. God, I pray for folks right now who are beginning a relationship with you. 
They're saying in their lives, Jesus, I need you. I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I thank you, Lord, for those that are committing their lives to you in baptism. I thank you, Father, for what you're doing in our church. God, I pray that you would lead and we would follow, that we'd be on your team, and that you would create holy ground at our new facility. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.